Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. Can you believe it? A new episode. I can barely believe it. It is, um, <clears throat> it's good to be back. Clearly, I'm rusty at talking into a microphone. And you might hear um, some of my neighbors who are being so loud, uh, which is usually not a thing around these parts. This is an an apartment complex for lonesome shut-ins, and I say that just because the apartments are so tiny that no one other than someone going through a divorce with no friends um, would possibly want to live here. Uh, It's just... I. I found this apartment. It was my friend's post-divorce apartment. And when he bought a house um, and moved out, I took over and it became my post-divorce apartment. So we're just a little club of lonely divorcees. And so you don't usually hear any noise because nobody here has anybody to talk to. Um, Unless they have a podcast. Um, It's good to be back. 2022 was a long-ass year. We'll call that lay. It was one heck of a lay. (laughs) That makes it sound more positive, right? Um, And uh, it just was a challenging year for me. Um, And the depression was real, is real. But um, I just straight up did not take the time to indulge or wallow and kept trucking with the steps needed to change my life so that I won't be as depressed. Um, And so it's just since the last time I spoke to you, um, it's just been 10, 11 hour shifts at the bar school, bar school, bar school, and um, number one, not fitting in my workouts, which like the only thing that does anything to lift the veil of my depression, to like, to lift the skirt, I'm picturing a, a, like a Victorian skirt, the only thing that lifts that skirt enough to see just a little bit of an ankle of happiness is exercise. And so keeping a schedule where I, I wasn't fitting my workouts in was challenging to me both mentally and physically because just my mind and my body do not work properly without exercise. Um, and then also feeling like I was either at work where I don't inherently fit in because number one, I don't drink, duh. Number two, um, I just was raised properly and I don't behave like an animal in public. Um, And I don't live, I'm not an idiot who then drinks all the time to become dumber to get along with people. Because I honestly feel like that's what people do is they just drink to get dumber, so then they're all at, like, the base level, you know what I mean? Everyone just drinks until they're all reduced to, to animalistic idiots, and then they can relate to each other, versus perhaps, um, 
you know, as their full true or normal selves, they would feel a disconnect either between class or hobbies or interests or intellects or whatever. But if you just fully just become a full on garbage person, then you can relate to everyone else who's a fucking garbage person. Um, and so my ob observation of such at the bar is actually just it's a microcosm of what is probably happening in greater society. Um, Oh, hey guys, I'm back. Guess who hasn't spent their time away learning how to stay on subject? Uh, this girl. Um, so yeah, it's just spending all my time either working these horrifically long shifts at the bar around um, people who, let's say, uh, are not my peers. And then um, other than that, being at school, um, for Pilates and just the studio that I did that through, while very respected and prestigious and whatever, is also a place for incredibly affluent um, Stepford wives. And so it's just an environment where I feel old and ugly and poor. And um, like the first time I took a workout class there, I was like, well, I was the only one in that room whose tits move. And um, that sort of theme just kind of um, continued because it's like either they have fake tits or they're so aggressively thin they don't have tits. Um, everyone has professionally done nails and they do their hair and a full face of makeup to work out, which I find preposterous. And I got a lecture from, not a lecture, but like I wore makeup and did my hair um, for the first day of class because we weren't going to be exercising and I got complimented on it and I was, I said, oh, well, you know, I figured it's the last time you're going to see me all done up and um, I got this like condescending, like almost like maternal condescension that was like, oh, well, honey, I think it's important to do your hair and makeup every day before you leave the house. It's just part of good personal practice, you know, so you're ready to face the day. And I just wanted to be like, you're an idiot. Like, you're an idiot. Honestly, if my face stays put while I'm exercising, I'm probably not doing it right. And then I'm going to smear makeup all over the equipment because, like, I'm plotting, you know, you're down on your hands and knees and rolling around and whatever. Like, it's just, it's so... It's so absurd and ridiculous. And the idea of acting like the act of putting on a full face of makeup, I'm talking contouring, lashes, eyebrows, like the, the act of doing that, um, acting like that is on the same level as showering and using deodorant is the most absurd thing that I've ever heard. Um, and so that environment and I'm still finishing up some hours over there but I'm done with my classroom time I, I'm doing like observation stuff um and um my time over there is like it just makes me feel like a garbage person it makes me feel like fat and ugly and poor and other like other people are discussing their their professional athlete husband's contract negotiations and they're wearing $40,000 wedding rings and they're ordering dinner delivered every night to like class from a restaurant and I'm there like with my protein bar because I don't have any fucking money because I'm paying it to you fucks for tuition. I don't have any money. Um, and so just that sort of um, 
cultural and economic divide. And so I just, I, I feel like I've spent the past six months feeling out of place and um, not quite myself. And it, I think it gave me, I had, you know, a little bit of a back flashes about um, my relationship with my ex and just how it felt really nice to have a home base, um, you know, until the end of relationship where we weren't really connecting. But like that feeling of no matter what I face out in the world, I have a home base to come to where it's like, well, within these four walls, like I'm understood, uh, is really nice. And, um, I think, you know, my current boyfriend is incredibly like loving and supportive, etc. Do I think that he gets me? That's an interesting question. I think he like is mm, he's appreciative of me. Like he he knows me and he respects me and but like does he understand me? Um, perhaps not. Does anyone understand me? Who can an artist ever truly be known? Uh, <laughs> so anyways, that's just what's been going on is like I have been uh, horrifically depressed and feeling like an out like an outsider everywhere I go. Um, which I think people would be shocked to hear because I, you know, walk into a room and I'm like, yeah, this is me. Um, I fake it till I make it, but sometimes you just are faking it forever and you never make it. It's why I don't believe in faking orgasms because if you fake an orgasm, you, your partner will never learn what would truly get you off. Right. Because you're giving them incorrect feedback on their, what they're doing. Cause like, they're doing something and you fake an orgasm, they're going to think, oh, well, I'm going to do that from now on because that's what makes them come. And you've now just misdirected it. So perhaps like I misdirect people by uh, acting um, one way in public, but I just feel like it's easier to put on a persona than to reveal the real me and be treated like a weirdo. And like, because I'm already even, tr even acting normal, I'm... I'm different, right? Um, but if I were to, like, reveal my true self, then it would just be, like, ever. listen, people would do that thing, you know, that meme where Homer slowly backs into the bushes? Like, that is what people would do if I was my full honest self um, in IRL. Uh, because I, like, listen, uh, the author... The depression is real. The autism is real. Masking um, certainly helps navigate the world, does it not? Um, and so, what was I saying? Clearly, I forgot how to podcast. I also took an edible because, like, I'm getting my period. You guys know how that is. That's not fun. Uh, and I just, like, ugh. Um, so yeah, that's been the past, uh, couple months of my life is that I just spend all of my waking hours places that I don't want to be. And then in between that, I have emergency medical bills for myself or the dog. Um, 
but like the 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 reason I say that I I didn't um spend time um just dwelling or wallowing my depression is just like going through the motions to to change my life because like if if what I don't like is spending all this time at a bar then um then I I need to focus and excel in school to get a job which spoiler alert I did and so as of like next week I'm only going to be at the bar two days a week which is crazy like I can barely believe that um because I am going to be teaching uh four days a week um and uh, I'm really nervous because uh, through my school, we were only we're only allowed to teach privates. And now I got this job and Sunday I'm teaching my first group class and I have five classes on the book. So five hours of teaching with 12 students in each class. So I'm really just kind of jumping into the deep end um, in terms of being a, a teacher for group fitness. Um, and so, yeah, and if I don't like being at the school that I've been going to school through, then I just need to hurry up and wrap up my hours there, um, instead of like dragging my feet and avoiding it. So I've been having my boyfriend, uh, stay at home with the dog so I can go spend four hours there in the morning, um, before work and the dog doesn't have to be left alone. Um, takes a village to raise a Steven, but, um, so it's just like, I just don't, I just, I guess there's a time to whine and bitch and cry about things. And like, obviously I do that. I have a podcast, but I also kind of think that it's like, I always say like, I give myself one day to boohoo and then the next day it's plan of action, enact the plan of action. It's just nothing good comes from boohooing and um, feeling sorry for yourself and all this stuff. And like, it's throughout my life, like every time I've gotten really bad medical news or whatever, I just one day boohoo, lay in bed, watch a movie. The next day, start researching, networking, you know what I mean? And that's how I ended up finding the endo community and pushing for my diagnosis and getting my expert surgery was that like I gave myself a day to boohoo and then it was like okay let's fucking fix things because things don't fix themselves I get really frustrated with people who just kind of go oh well it'll change and like my boyfriend's mom is one of those people and you just want to like wring her neck um because it's like, no, there are things that are epically wrong in your life that you need to, they, they are not going to change your own, on their own. Like if someone is abusing you, they're not going to one morning wake up and decide they're not abusing you. If you have a shitty partner that um, is a, a criminal extortionist, um, they're not just going to stop being that person. Uh and you, like you're gonna have to like leave, so you're gonna have to like, find a place to live and take your money. And all the people who are trying to help you leave your bad situation, you're gonna want to let them help you. Um, so I just I kind of those people who just oh well I don't really like that. It's like it's the people whose dogs piss all over their house, and there's like well. That's what they, you know, you know how small dogs are. Yeah, they're going to piss all over your house unless you train them not to. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about human beings is they're going to, if, if people who are going to be shitty and take advantage or walk all over you, like they're going to do that unless you tell, unless you train them not to. <laughs> um, 
so so yeah, no boohooing, just action. Um, and so I'm I'm at that tipping point where like I really do see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's gonna be a little bit of a pay cut, but it's going, but it doesn't matter because like I was. I was paying like a thousand dollars a month in tuition for school, just the way the program spaced out and how the payments. So, um, yeah, I, there it turns out I I don't need to make quite as much money now that I'm done with school and that's paid off. And um, also, you can't put a price on happiness. Uh, I'll tell you what, a miserable Sydney, she she'll be she be eaten, you know, and then she'll she'll be buying bigger pants because. She has those Pixar mom thighs. Um, and <laughs> this is a true story. I think I did teacher training wrong because I finished the program somehow fatter and weaker than when I started. I'm back on track, guys. Okay, I'm back on track. Um, the workouts are back on track. I'm trying to stop eating like I'm on death row. But, uh, you know, it's I, I'm a stress eater. And... Um, uh, sorry, I'm getting all self-conscious, like, that I'm talking for so long, uh, without getting to the topic, but I haven't done a main feed episode in so long, uh, Patreon, I've been okay at updating, I don't want to say good, I've been okay, anyways, um, so yeah, I, I had to buy new workout clothes, because I got too fat, for my leggings and my sports bras like my tits were falling out of my fucking sports bras I and like you like when something that is elastic and meant to stretch will no longer stretch (laughs) to cover your body that's when you know that you have really um you need to reel it in um so yeah it's I was just was like oh I think I did I think uh I think you're I'm trying to sell the portrait of health right as a fitness instructor and yet somehow I have less strength because like the workouts weren't work weren't happening and um and I'm fatter (laughs) but you know it is what it is it's like it's, it's I can't beat myself up about it and go into a pathological place about weight gain because like the pounds come, the pounds go. It just, it is what it is. And so, um, I wish I would have kind of turned it around a little bit sooner, maybe before buying the new sports bras. But you see, if I don't work as much and I'm not working 10 hour bar shifts amongst horrible people who are awful to me, that's another thing. I'm just so sick of being sweet as pie to people. And then just having that customer that just wants to be a fucking asshole to you. Um, but anyways, if I'm not living that life, then I'm not stress eating, which means I'm not buying a whole new wardrobe every two months when I get too fat for the previous one. Do you see? Do you see how, um, my friend who has lupus, who I used to work with, her neighbor who is from, um, where is he from? He is from Vietnam, I believe. And he, so this, impression that I'm doing it's not racist it's just English is his second language but he said to her once because you know lupus and you get flare-ups and like obviously stress is not gonna help um I'm not an expert on lupus but um he said to her once all you do is work spend money on doctor and like 
literally I like that's the thing is if you work all the time you're going to spend money on other things and so it's like are you really getting financially ahead if now you're paying to have your laundry done and you have a cleaning lady and you're sick all the time so like you work overtime a bunch but then you miss work cuz you're sick or whatever like it never really it never really pays off and so I I'm I'm ready to take that pay cut and I'm ready to just be kicked in the teeth like a little bit less. Um, I, I used to on Instagram every time I had to clean up shit or piss or blood or whatever in the ladies room, I would take a little at work, not at my house. Um, I'm, I'm not an animal. Uh, but I would take a selfie in the bathroom mirror with like my rubber gloves and cleaning supplies uh, just and make a little joke about it and put it in my Instagram stories. And it got to the point where I just can't even do that anymore. Like, I can't even laugh about the things that are bad about it because it's just got so bad. And I can tell that the quality of this, this is a big indicator on how the quality of our clientele has gone down. The number of chicken bones that you pick up off the ground or the bare table because we serve chicken wings and then we give you napkins and a plate to put the bones on. And if you are just dropping bones on the floor or putting them on the bare tabletop, then you're trash. And so like last night between my coworker and I, we picked six bones up off the ground. So six different times someone said, I'll just throw this on the ground and then four off the tabletops. And that's one indicator that the level of customer has gone downhill. Another one is the amount of 8% tips. Um, and people who look like they've probably been on an episode of intervention. Um, last night, I greeted the this couple and I said... Uh, the gentleman ordered a drink and I said, sir, do you mind if I check your ID? And he like, not as a joke, like not as a joke, but as like an aggressive thing said, how are you going to, how are you going to call me, sir? And then ask for my ID. And I was like, well, cause it's my job and I'm being polite. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and this is something that has been happening pretty often is people get upset if you call them miss or sir. Like, how dare you address them in a formal manner? And it's just like, oh, well, I clearly you've never been to a nice place or been treated with respect. You certainly haven't earned it. But the thing is that, like, if you go to certain places like a nice hotel or restaurant, you will be treated with respect, despite the fact that you don't actually deserve it or earn it. And so, um, but clearly you've never earned respect in your life and you've never been somewhere where they actually just give it to you in exchange for the high price of service. Um, cause that is what happens in higher end establishments is, and that's why sometimes rich people, I'm going to be honest, rich people sometimes do act like trash too because they they get away with it. Like we get all these private school parents who come in um, prior to seeing their children play athletics across the street. And these people just get so sloppy wasted. And it's like, 
and then they go drive. And it's like, well, I guess that's what happens when you are in a position in life where your actions don't have consequences. If you get a DUI, you're going to get a good lawyer. You can afford that. You can afford to pay the $10,000 in fines. It's expensive out here, guys. Like, you could, don't drive drunk like at all, because it's awful and it's dangerous. But also don't drive drunk in Arizona, because for the cost of a DUI, you could actually hire a dang helicopter. Like it's, you don't need, you don't need, but like, so like for me, if I got a DUI, that would be really financially devastating. Um, and I wouldn't have a good lawyer. I'd probably have to serve some time in Tent City. I'd have to have all these costs associated with it. I'd probably have to like give up my apartment and move back into my mother's garage if I got a DUI. It would be financially devastating. But if you are have a certain amount of money, you can just get wasted and sloppy and whatever. Your actions don't have the same consequences. So, um, and that's the thing about rich people is like, because they, um, move in circles, they're going to higher end restaurants, they're staying at higher end hotels, they're in first class. And so because of the cost of those services, you receive respectful treatment, whether or not you behave in a respectful manner, if that makes sense. So that's why sometimes like, yeah, like a really rich person, they're, they're gonna, they can act like an asshole or be a sloppy mess because they're paying enough for people to tolerate it. Um, but anyways, yeah, the fact that if you address someone as sir or miss, they get super upset and it's like, oh, well, yeah, you've just never, you've never been a, a, a decent human being and you've never been somewhere where decent human beings are. Um, because it's actually like, it's not, it's not an insult. It is not an insult. Um, people call me ma'am now. I'm at that age. I, I get ma'am sometimes. It's not always missed. But I don't get mad about that, even though it would be an indicator of my advanced age, and no one likes to be reminded of that. Um, but I don't get mad about it because at least it's a term of respect. Um, so anyways, yeah, that it's just, it's just like, it's, it's such, it's awful, horrible garbage people. And I try to maintain my same level of service. And when you get, uh, kicked in the teeth and whatever, um, despite being nice, it does, it does really suck. And so I'm just, I'm super over it. And, um, you know, there, there will be a financial tipping point where I, won't have to bartend anymore. I would love it if that day came sooner than later, but it's just, I do make good money at the bar. And so it's very hard to walk away from it. Um, your girl doesn't have a savings account. So maybe if I get <laughs> far enough ahead that I have a, a down payment on a house and a savings account, maybe I can walk away from bartending. Um, anyways, so that's, what's going on with me. Um, how long have I been talking? Good fucking God. I'm sorry. Um, I'll have to put in the episode notes that if you don't give a fuck about me as a person, just fast forward 26 minutes. Uh, sorry, I'm stoned now. Um, I wanted to do an episode about gooning. And I learned about gooning from the viral podcast with your hosts, um, Chelsea Lynn and Paige Jin. They're very funny, uh, ladies and comedians and their friends that they do other stuff with are also very funny. Um, but 
they have callers and um, like or they answer voice messages. And one of the guys wrote in about gooning and how him and his boyfriend liked gooning. And I got the impression that it was like you just masturbate while looking at each other, which was like funny enough as it is. And also like good for you. Um, I, I'm so into like just mutual masturbation, I think is great. Like, you know, you, your partners, you're doing hand stuff to each other. Um, there's a lot of methods of safe sex out there that are like, especially for women, you're more likely to come from, well, you're like 99.9% more likely to come from clitoral stimulation than vaginal penetration. So it's like a, a mutual masturbation sesh, um, is fun because yeah, you're more likely to bust. Um, and I also think like there's a lot of safe sex to be had out there for people who either are, you know, not are virgins and want to have like sexually pleasure each other. Um, you know, I'm talking to you, teenagers, teens, tweens. Um, but also, um, you know, you might have like just met up with somebody and like you don't know them and you don't want feel comfortable asking them for test results yet or whatever and you still want to fool around do some hand stuff do some hand stuff um and then wash your hands before you get in your car to drive home because that imagine oh my god imagine you know how uh you know how when you eat fast food, well, especially for me, if you're like a binge eater, so it's coming from a very dark place. So like every time that I eat fast food, it's like my binge eating when I do it, which thankfully knock on wood doesn't happen as much anymore. But my binge eating when it happens is like it's like in a cloud. Like I just eat, things are going in my face. I'm not even thinking. And then it'll be the whole next day I'm having flashbacks to things that I ate. Cause I'll be like, I wasn't that bad yesterday. And then I'll be like, oh wait, oh no. Oh, and there was, oh fuck pizza. Oh yeah, I had ice cream. Like it's like, I don't even remember everything I did. And the worst is when you have like a good off the rails eaten day and you're just like, God, oh, like next day you just have a food hangover. You've been having the food sweats all night, bad dreams. <sighs> I have a delicate system. I can't eat too much before bed. Um, I get bad dreams and night sweats. But and so the next day you're just like, oh, God, yesterday was bad. I'm going to turn it all around. Never again. And then you get in your car and your car smells like French fries that smell that fast food leaves in your car. Oh, it's just such a shame smell. And so that I'm always like, I really try. I'm like, just, I, whatever. I try not to eat fast food. You definitely don't want to leave the bag in there, even if it's empty. And honestly, just keep that bag sealed up till you get back home. But if you're binge eating, you're just fucking shoving fries in your mouth while driving to the next place you're going to get food. Um, <laughs> But yeah, okay, so that shame you feel when it's the next morning, you can't believe what you did, and then you get in your car and it smells like fries. What if you like hook up with someone and you do some hand stuff and then you're like, oh, I don't know, they weren't even good looking. It's almost like I just 
wanted to do it to see how weird they really are. Um, and then you get in your car and it smells like their genitals because it, it was on your hands. And then your hand was on your, your plushy steering wheel cover. Ooh. And then you have to drive to the bank. It's just some banal errand. You have to drive to get an oil change thinking about what a gross animal you are and your car smells like cock or pussy or both depending on how many were at this uh, masturbation fest that you had this mutual masturbation fest were you at a one taste meeting Ooh, yeah your car is gonna don't you don't put your hands on your steering wheel while they're still wet um I sometimes put lotion on my hands at red lights and then I start driving and I'm like oh well I just literally made this fuzzy thing around my steering wheel disgusting I, it, it's it's now become, remember when, oh shit, no. Okay, I was about to say, remember those like before paper towel dispensers, it was like a reusable thing and it was like always wet and you pull it through. I was thinking my steering wheel was going to be gross like that, but I learned, this blew my mind. Okay, if also this, I'm giving my age away, the idea that I remember these things that have just really gone away. So those, it was mounted on the wall like a paper towel dispenser. And there was a thing, a sheet of fabric that you would pull through it. And I swore to God that it was one long loop that you just pulled around in a circle. And I thought that there was sanitizer inside because it was always wet. So it was always this cloth thing, this cloth like loop coming from a thing on the wall and it was always wet. So I thought that it was one, just one solid loop. And as it would pull through the machine, it would go through sanitizer. Like that's what I imagined as a kid, which if you know what I'm talking about, you can kind of picture why, because it's like the cloth comes out of a front slit and it goes back in a back slit. So I thought it was one loop going around. And I, I stood by that belief until a month ago when I was on Reddit and someone posted something about that in a forum called Truck Stop Bathroom. Don't ask me why I follow it. I don't know. Um, and they said something about it and someone said those were so nasty they were reusable. And someone said, no, it was it came off a clean roll and then the dirty roll when it went back in was wrapped around a different roll. Um, and so it, it, you weren't reusing a rag that another person had touched basically is that it was going down off of one roll, going back and getting wrapped around another spool and then it would be changed out. But the thing was they often weren't changed out. So there was no more freshy or when I was a kid, I thought sanitized, there was no more cloth to pull out. And you just would end up wiping it on a piece of cloth that who knows how many other people wipe their hands on. I also think that someone else on Reddit said that, um, cause these things are just, it's, uh, it's reusable, right? Like they can wash it and re-roll it, but it fell out of vogue because they're more expensive than paper towels. Now I can't remember. Um, but that it actually would be like really environmentally friendly if we had stuck with those, but it's not economical. So businesses don't use it. And once again, I've managed to talk um, about not nothing related to the title of this episode. I'm breaking down paper towel, disp no, 
cloth towel dispensers from the 70s and 80s. I'm breaking that down <clears throat> instead of talking about gooning. So anyways, this caller on this podcast said that their boyfriend, them and their boyfriend, they were both dudes and they were going to go home and like look at each other and jerk off and they called that gooning. And I was like, well, that's pretty funny in and of itself. And then I wanted to be sure that that is what gooning was. So I looked it up and my friends, there is so much more to it. So much more. Stand by for my reading of the Urban Dictionary definition of gooning. Gooning may be the most Whoops, already making up words. Sorry, guys. I have trouble reading off of backlit screens. Let me dim this down for my elderly eyes. Uh, sorry, let me try again. Gooning may be most simply defined as the state usually achieved after a prolonged edging session when a man becomes completely hypnotized by the feeling radiating in his penis. So it's like I guess you can do it with other people or you can do it alone, but it's edging. So gooning is like not just coming and busting and coming and busting, but it's it's like an edging session. And people will do this for hours, which is fascinating. And I'm not mad at it, to be honest, because like one of my best girlfriends, when I first met her, we had a conversation. She was like, yeah, like, I was like, what'd you do today? And she's like, I just smoked weed and masturbated all day, to be honest with you. And I was like, for real? And she's like, yeah, sometimes I just like beat off all day. And I was like, hey, girl, me too. And it felt like this thing that we were supposed to be ashamed of, we connected on, much like another friend I connected with because the first time we went to Subway, we both ate our entire sandwich. And she was like, yeah, I've never had someone else do that. And I've always felt like I'm supposed to wrap the other half up for later. And she's like, I appreciate that you don't care. And I was like, no, I bought a footlong sandwich because I want to eat a footlong sandwich. That's not, it's like a crazy, what am I saving for later? Later is going to be the minute I get in my car and now I'm trying to eat a sandwich while driving. Anyways. Because I don't know how it is for all people or different genders or whatever, but like for me and many of the friends, female friends I've talked to, um, the orgasm achieved for masturbation is not as satisfying as the orgasm achieved with a partner. To the point where when you have a really good orgasm with a partner, you're like, up, 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 up. like, don't fucking touch me. Like, I'm, I'm done. I just you, the mission has been completed, but oftentimes when you beat off, it's like, I could go, like, yeah, there's still more, there's still more in there, it's like the tube of toothpaste, where you're like, should I open the new one, I think there's still a little more toothpaste in here, um, and so it's like, easier, like, I would never want to have sex all day, are you fucking kidding me, that would involve being around another human being all day, which I do not want to do, and I understand it's going to happen several times in my life because, well, I'm going on vacation with two of my friends in April, but also we take time apart and like, cause we, we all like being alone. Um, one of the other people has autism, so you can, you, it, it's all coming together. So it'll be like, you go explore and take pictures of architecture, all sleep in the hotel room. 
or I'm going to stay out and um, go to this museum. You go nap at the hotel room or you go to the pool. I'm going to eat like whatever. Like, and so I really appreciate friendships like that because um, it isn't being with someone all day long. Yuck. So anyways, that's the first reason why I wouldn't want to have sex all day long. Um, because that would involve just an extended period of time with a person. Um, the other reason is that theoretically, if this sex is satisfying, I won't have the hankering. It'll be like when you are trying to get your money's worth out of a buffet in Las Vegas and you simply couldn't eat another bite. Um, and that is for me what good intercourse is. So at that point, I couldn't go for more because I am donezo, donezo, donezo. But with oneself, it always feels like there's a little lot. It's like, it's like, so close, but I don't. Um, and so anyways, so gooning is not quite that, although that feels very goony to me to just spend a whole day beating off, beat it till the room stinks, let the fan whip that shit around. You are now in a sauna of your own genitals. I'm like, why am I picturing someone's doing this in a really hot, small room? <laughs> it could be a big room with great ventilation and that would probably be better. I'm just, there's just like a lizard heat lamp. It's just like a tiny steamy little terrarium of a room and just one fan whipping that fucking genital smell. And every time it comes around, it slaps you in the face and you say, God, I love to be alive. Um, <laughs> uh, what? Okay. So Back to um, the important thing that is Urban Dictionary. A man becomes completely hypnotized by the feeling radiating his penis. Since a gooning state can only be achieved after edging, the man's dick will have become mightily aroused at this point, and every caress the male genitals are subjected to will trigger potent elation yeah this is when the leg starts kicking it's like you know when dogs you find that spot where you give them the scritches and then the leg starts going this is where you just like tap the dick with a feather and then it's like they're kicking um men are basically donkeys because uh, <laughs> they kick um okay as the man keeps edging and thus keeps experiencing intense pleasure, he enters a state of trance. Oh my God, have we rediscovered orgasmic meditation? Nicole Daydown, bitch, are you on Urban Dictionary? Okay, the what? Okay, he keeps experiencing intense intense pleasure. He enters a state of trance where his mind immediately merges with his cock. When to become one. Um, <clears throat> sorry, dude, I can't sing. Also, how many people are familiar with the deep cuts of the Spice Girls? Uh, if you don't know, get to knowing. Um, okay, his mind immediately merges with his cock. The gooning state where he and his dick become one. To be even more accurate, when the gooning state is achieved, the man's body becomes, for all intents and purposes, an appendage to his erection. Do you see now? It's because the dick is the centerpiece now. The body is just 
extra. The body is now the appendage. The tables have turned. It's like the dick is the cult leader. The rest of your body just exists to serve him. Uh, that is that is what this has become. The dick is on an altar. Everything else is below providing offerings. Why do you eat? For the dick. Why do you sleep? For the dick. Why do you go to work? For the dick. The dick is now, this is why they say men think with their other head. Um, it all. They do it all for the nookie. Um, any, uh, how could I be depressed when I get to live with myself? And I'm, I'm such a fascinating person who, I just an elderly woman who all of my musical puns are, are hits of the two thousands and the early two thousands at that. Um, okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. The man's body becomes, for all intents and purposes, an appendage to his erection. When this state is achieved, the male becomes freed of all social codes of conduct, and his arousal alone dictates his reactions. That's weird. This is why, uh, but also, like, the, being horny is dangerous. You know what I mean? Because, like, it... It, it creates a, dry, a violent drive that um, should be tempered. Um, and so, yeah, when, when, when the man's entire being becomes in service of the cock, he does become freed of all social codes of conduct. And this is where sexual assault happens, probably. Also, I think a lot of people who commit sexual assault legitimately do not think that it, it is sexual assault. They're like, uh, she wanted it. Um, she wasn't crying. <laughs> I thought she was joking when she said no. I thought it was sexy when I ripped her underwear off of her. Um, and she said no and begged me to put on a condom. I thought that was fun role playing. Um, anyways, or she asked me to put on a condom. So clearly she wanted to have sex. And you're like, well, she actually said, please, please, if you're going to do that, can you at least put on a condom? Uh, anyways, none of this is from personal experience whatsoever. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. As a result, a gooned-out man will become very expressive and demonstrative. He may become very vocal, while his body and face might take on undignified expressions and poses. Dude, I fuck straight men. Like, literally, gooning or not, everything they do with their fucking face and body is undignified. A, a gooned-out man, his body and face might take on undignified expressions and poses. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> reluctantly heterosexual podcaster, Sydney DeLorean. Um, that's right. That's right. Much, much like fast food every time. It's, and it's, it's white men too. It's like, I always say white men are the fast food of dating where it's like, they're not good for you, but they're literally on every corner and it's just convenient. Um, and so, yeah, much, much like when I get into my car and I smell French fries and I remember that I ate fast food, every so often I'll remind myself that I'm once again in a relationship with a Caucasian male and I go, what? What? Uh, anyways. <laughs> um, but, okay undignified expressions and poses, all in response to the intensely exquisite caresses his penis is exposed to. 
Hence the term goon, since at this point the man effectively looks like a silly, foolish, or eccentric person. Well, yeah, you if you've been milking all the blood from your entire body into your cock for hours, while Price is Right just plays in the background, and that's a weird choice. Um, what is it that does it for you? Is it the sound of the spinners, or is it the word plinko? What is it about the Price of Right? Price is Right that gets you so goddamn hard? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm stoned. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Gooning is not a narcissistic manifestation. The fuck it isn't. Okay. Gooning is not a narcissistic manifestation. Narcissism is extreme selfishness with a grandiose view of one's own talents. Rather, gooning is closer to a meditation experience where the mind and body align focused on a single thought or feeling in this case. What is my takeaway from this? Number one, must must be nice to have that much free time, honestly, to be gooning all day. Um, so that must be, sorry guys, um, I worked out for two hours and then I came here and um, bored myself to death by talking to you. Um, So it must be nice to have enough free time to goon. Um, They really kind of did make a point about how it's not narcissistic. It is more about a meditation experience. I should start meditating again. Um, It's been a long time. It's been since before Zach. Uh, I'm trying to find this book that about meditation uh it was like eight weeks to something but now I can't remember what it is and it's written by um uh eight weeks meditation book I can't talk and okay so it is um it's it's done by neuroscientists about the like because on with now functional MRI fMRI imaging, we have a better understanding of the brain as it's working. We're seeing it in real time. And so they did all these studies about how it doesn't take that long with meditation to actually change the way your brain functions, which is amazing. Um, and the book is called Mindfulness and eight week plan for finding peace in a frantic world. I do not have a copy anymore. Um, maybe I should rebuy it and reread it. Um, but, uh, so I used to meditate more regularly and maybe, um, you know, now that I'm trying to, I'm pursuing balance in my life with, you know, getting the things in alignment. Um, the career, the health, the mental health. And then um, once all those things are totally aligned, then I'll be freed up to plan a move out of Arizona. And then I'll be thrust back into having to reestablish plans and stuff after a shakeup. Because that's, you know, listen, if your life ain't being shooken up, you ain't living life. So you got to shake it up sometimes. It's like, uh, it's always like off season spring training. You know what I mean? You have off seasons in your life. Um, and Hey, maybe you should still be working out in the off season. I, not to brag or anything. I, I, I got to assist in a class training some NFL players last week 
in the offseason because their coaches said, yeah, you can go to Arizona to watch the Super Bowl, um, but we're going to make appointments with personal trainers for you while you're in Arizona. So I had a class of um, members of the Cardinals and Detroit Lions. Uh, not a big deal, kind of a big deal. Um, but, uh, and so it's like, yeah, it's the off season. So even in like, like I said, like even in my off season, I've been working out once or twice a week, but having been at a place of six times a week, once is not that, you know what I mean? So I've been, I haven't totally become a totally different person during the off season. I've just a little bit, I need a, a little bit of time to get back into sync with my fighting weight. I don't, I don't like, I don't want to talk about weight. I'm trying to give an analogy of being the best version of yourself and the worst version of yourself. And even when you're the worst version of yourself, which is what I'm using the term off season, because things are just a bit off. Even when you are the worst version of yourself, you are still yourself, which means that with enough what is it? Spring training. You can get back to the best version of yourself. Uh, why, why am I not a professional athletic coach? <laughs> I go, listen here, buddies. Just because you're out of shape from the offseason doesn't mean you aren't still the guys that won the stuff last season. So with me, we're going to get you back to that version of you. All right. <laughs> Hit the showers. Sorry, I talked for an hour and I forgot to have you exercise at all. Um, that would be that would be me as a professional coach. But also, I would be really, really fucking good at it. Um, so, what is that about gooning? Oh, I, I already forgot what the episode was about because I had the thing about the meditation book pulled up and then I forgot I was podcasting. And I was just thinking about if I could remember enough stuff from that book. Or if I should just reread it. Anyways. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm so professional. Like, why don't I make a why don't I make a living doing this? Is it because I the releases are sporadic and the content is questionable? Um, but hey guys, it's not gonna be as sporadic now. I'm back. I have access to the internet, which means I can do exactly what I did this time and read you. Take, take literally, hold on, let me look at the timestamp. Take 53 minutes and 26 seconds to read an Urban Dictionary uh, definition. Um, so anyways, episodes, they're going to be back on time. And I'm going to be back in the on season because sports. <laughs>